Hey everybody, thanks for stopping back in. This is Life Paranormal. I'm V. It's been a hot minute, right guys? I mean, I feel like it's been forever, but um, today is a really, really special episode. Um, not only does it kick off the holiday season and um, the end of my season two, but um, it is also a special episode because it is officially Life Paranormal with V's year anniversary. Yes, my podcast has turned a year old. What is better than that? I'm so excited, guys, because, you know, I've been doing this for what? I guess a year. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so silly. Um, Yeah, so I've been doing this for a year now and it has been quite the ride. Um never thought that I'd be here right now, to be honest with you. I I just started off with buying a little microphone and talking to myself. Um, you know, the first couple episodes, recording them and having like more than 20 people hearing them, I was like, yes. It was such a great feeling. You know, I was so stoked for that. <laughs> and, um, you know, just deciding to hop, be, you know, to hop on Twitter one day and it just changed from there. Man, you know, over 3,000 downloads and over 4,000 followers, close to 5,000 followers on, on Twitter is amazing to me. Um, I, like I said, just having 20 people listening at that time just like shook my world. I was just like, oh my God, people are listening. <laughs> this is what I wanted. You know, it, it all started with the premise of just reaching, just if it was just one person, just someone who I could reach out to and help and hopefully that my story brought them some sort of, you know, I don't know, validation or some confirmation that they're not crazy or weird, um, that what they experienced as well, they're, they're not alone. There's other people out there who are just as scared to talk about it. Um, yeah, it took me <laughs> three, four years, um, almost 30 years, sorry, 30 years to talk about this. Um, If you've been listening to my show and you've been following from the beginning, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. And if you're new, thanks for stopping in. And I hope tonight's uh, show really, uh, you know, I hope you enjoy it and I hope it gets you uh, scared. <laughs> but I hope you also find something um, relatable in here. Um, so as you know, I've been experiencing things since I was three years old. Um, I'm a clairvoyant and a medium, so activity really never stops for me. <laughs> it's not daily, it's pretty much weekly. Um, so this is what my show is about. It's about talking about my firsthand experiences and the experiences of my guests that I bring onto the show. Um, I like to talk about uh, the paranormal and... Um, the spirit world in a very organic nature. I want things to be uh, very authentic on my show. So I like to speak to my guests for the first time when I bring them on. I like to experience their stories for the first time with them. Um, experiencing these things is really hard and it is difficult no matter what you see on TV <laughs> or here on shows or on YouTube, whatever it is, this is, this is real and it's real life for many of us. Um, who grew up like this, and um, when you live it, it's your own scary story. But you don't call it that, it's just your life. Um, I didn't feel like I, um, that my life has been a scary story. 
I just feel like this, you know, the circumstances at hand just, you know, I am who I am. I have these gifts for a reason. <laughs> I believe that I was haunted for a long time, that it was my fault. But as you probably have heard, um, if you haven't, you know, catch up, definitely listen to season one, the beginning few episodes, I really speak about my life and um, how it all began. And um, this show really is to help inspire a lot of people to come forward. And if it's not um, to other people, at least they can just admit to themselves and just accept that there's nothing wrong with them. And... Um, that there's a whole community of people out there just like them who believe in this, um, in the spirit world and of, you know, they believe in the supernatural, unexplainable. So if you are listening right now and you do feel alone, you feel like nobody is listening to you, just know that there's so many people out there rooting for you who are in the same position. And if you are in any way, shape, or form in a situation where um, you need help, just reach out to me on Twitter at um, VLifeParanormal. I know some amazing people in the um, paranormal investigative uh, field, so <clears throat> they're really great at paranormal investigators. I know a lot of other groups and um, other, uh, you know, chapters here, and not, not just in the U.S., but also around the world, so... I can put you in contact with some good people if you need help, okay? So that being said, happy one year anniversary, lifers. I am so excited to bring you tonight's episode. Um, so let's get into it. <laughs> so I don't think that this qualifies as a Christmas scary story, but it happened on Christmas Day. So I guess, I guess you could say it. I don't know. But um, it's not like I saw Krampus coming down my chimney or anything like that. It's nothing like that. Um, so if you've already listened to my show on season one, you know that I had a really bad experience, that I did something very, very bad. It was a no-no. Um, did something I wasn't supposed to. And because of that, um, I had a lot of nightly visitations. Um, so I pretty much sleepwalked for years. Um... And it wasn't every night, you know, but I did. And when I did, it was pretty terrifying. Um, so I'd always sleepwalk and end up in the dark in the bathroom um, with the lights off looking at the mirror. So that was great. That, that was a good time. Um, false. It was not. <laughs> but on this night, it was Christmas Day. It must have been like, it was still early in the morning. I know that. Um... I'm sleepwalking, okay? Because it's like you're dreaming, so you're seeing yourself doing this, but you don't realize that it's, you know, that you're, you're flipping dreaming, right? Um, so I'm walking through the hallway and go down. I'm going to go right down the next hallway. I'm seeing the glows of like, like reds and blues and greens. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's, you know, the Christmas lights because it's dark. It's completely dark in the house except for the lights, um, the Christmas lights shining in through the, through the window by the front door. So I see the lights, so I'm walking towards that light. And then I notice the Christmas tree in the corner is still lit. So I see the lights and I'm thinking, how oh, beautiful. And I kind of do like a little U-turn around the living room, go 
go to our Christmas tree and I'm just standing there. I'm just, it's kind of like I was just standing in front of the tree admiring it. And then out of nowhere, I feel too, oh my God, I get chills every time I think of this, guys. Okay, from behind, I felt two hands behind me. Someone placed their hand on my left shoulder and then they placed their hand on my right shoulder. And it was like they, like they turned my body towards them because it's like they were turning me away from the tree. Oh my God, I can still feel it. And they turned me away and I felt something grab my hand and it was like leading me away, right? It was like leading me like, come on, let's go like back to bed. But it didn't take me back to bed. I went, I went again, right um, through the hallway. I cut through our kitchen. This time I went all the way around um, and cut through our kitchen. And I ended up right in the hallway in between the um, entry of the bathroom so it's like one foot was in the hallway, one foot was in the bathroom. I was just like right there um, in between the door frame. And I woke up. <laughs> and I, in those moments when I would snap out of it, I'd run back to my bed. I'd run back to my bed. I just heard something behind me. And I'm getting the chills. <laughs> okay. Um... And I, I would run also to my parents' room um, most of the time when these things would happen. Um, but mostly um, during the night terrors when I'd, um, yeah, those nightly visitors were not, uh, they were not pleasant. So um, that was my, that is my creepy Christmas story. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah, thinking back on it, that was, um, I still don't know. And I don't want to know. <laughs> um, but let's get into the. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. But before I get into that, so this is just gonna lead into what we're gonna talk about after we come back from the break. But you know, some Christmas stories I did hear. So my grandpa had my great grandfather. You know, every year he would tell us the story of how he saw Santa Claus when he was a little boy and he was such a bad kid. He would tell us he was just bad. He was very naughty <laughs> and he would tell us all the stuff he would do. And he said that one time he's like, basically he saw Santa and that he scared the living crap out of him. He was hearing some stuff. He, he woke up to get some water and he was hearing stuff in, in, in the living room. And he saw this man and the way he described him didn't sound like Santa Claus. And for me, I'm just like, I wonder if my great grandfather even knew about Krampus, but the way he described him, he, it, it wasn't by any means like a goat man, but he didn't seem like Santa. It seemed the way like he described him was like, almost like an evil Santa. Like he was very scary. Mind you, my dad would be like, he just tells you that it's not true. You know, as I got older, it wasn't real. I'm like thinking in my head, I know that he saw something because my and my great grandfather would get so sad, like when we would crush when we would question him about it, like regarding that he would get so sad because it's like you don't believe me, but I believe he saw something because when he was describing this guy, uh, right in the middle of his living room, he said it was big. He said it was um. He described them the way you know Santa was tall and large belly but it was like his boots there was something about his boots he was saying that it, I, he didn't describe him like with the red suit or anything it was like more dark with bags and it was just it was weird I, I 
I didn't know about Krampus then, but the way he was talking about him, it seemed like it was not, like, you know, it was telling like he was describing something else because he, he said it scared him. It wasn't like, oh, it's Santa. And, you know, kids are so excited to see him. This person scared him in purpose. Like he was laughing and made like almost maniacally and made him like cry and run to his room and go underneath the covers. I would not do that if I saw Santa. I mean, I don't know what I would have done, but that that was scary enough. You know, that scared us enough to want to be good, you know, and most of these legends, you know, the ones I'm going to talk to you about, my favorite ones, they're basically, you know, the principles to scare the living bejesus out of the kids to act good, right? So, okay. Um, I don't know. I still feel like, you know, the next year, my, my grandpa said he was good all year and that he never saw him again, but he heard like, he heard loud, um, footsteps in the living room that night, but he didn't even get down again to go see him. Would you, would you blame him? But, um, yeah, I just wish he was here. He could tell that story one more time. I would ask him so many more questions, you know, but, um, it was so long ago, but that's what I remember is just how he was scared of this, you know, man that he saw. And I'm just like, I don't think Santa would, you know, the Santa that we grew up knowing, <laughs> would, like, get angry and scare our kids and you know um yeah it was kind of weird so let's take a quick break you guys oh before we get into break and I'll remind you guys at the end I am um along with the uh release of this episode I'm actually going to be releasing my new holiday merchandise go check it out I'll leave the links in the description box below you can also go onto my twitter I have my um, link to my, um, store there too, or you can go to www.lifeparanormalwithv.com. I have my link to my merchandise store there. You have got to see the amazing, um, holiday art that my friend Alexia did for me. Oh my God. You guys have to follow her. Um, she's amazing. FleshwadYT on Twitter. Um, go follow her right now. She's doing commissions. So go get your stuff done by her. Shout out to Alexia. <laughs> so, um, yes. If you guys need uh, to do anything right now, I suggest you do it during the break and then come back and listen to some pretty scary legends. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, it's V. I'm here to tell you guys about my friends over at Nails MD. They customize in gel press-on nails. You have to try them out this holiday season. It's perfect to gift your friends or anybody else you love. Even treat yourself to some great fashionable holiday nails. Tell them that V sent you and check them out on Twitter at Nails MD Press-Ons or on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Be fashionable this year. Be the best at the party. Try Nails MD. In a world where two brothers come up with stupid ideas, they set out on an epic journey to fulfill these ideas. And it landed them on What's the Channel Called? An epic podcast, an epic YouTube channel, 
of epic proportions. Watch as these two idiots do whatever they can to sell their merch <laughs> and to get the views. Tune in next week at whatever time they decide and they'll keep keep you posted. And yeah, don't forget to turn your oven off. Have a good night. Hey guys, let's get back into it. Go ahead and settle in. And I'm going to talk about my favorite top four scary Christmas stories. And I want to start off with Krampus. Yes. So the first time I heard about Krampus was in high school, my freshman year. And I remember my friend, uh, she was German. She was telling me about her traditions back home. And she was telling me about Krampus. And she was describing him to me and like what he does. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, that sounds so cool. It's scary. Like, you know, and she was just like, you know, it's not, it's not scary though. I mean, it's scary for the kids who are bad. Like they have to worry about him. But, you know, Krampus is really there to, to kind of deliver sort of like balance. So like, you know, St. Nick is there to make sure the kids are being good. And Krampus is there to remind them like, hey, you need to stay on the good path and be a good kid because you don't want to grow up and be a horrible adult you know so it's kind of there to just as a reminder for children throughout the year i think she was telling me that even some people keep like a little statue or something like that in their home throughout the whole year to just rem remind the children that krampus is there watching them to like be good <laughs> which is kind of like an elf on the shelf right i mean it was just like that story i was telling you about about our elf on the shelf crazy okay so krampus for those of you who do not know in germany austria and other alpine cultures saint nicholas has a scary sidekick krampus this christmas demon is responsible for punishing children who saint nick has put on the naughty list and the punishments are worse than a lump of coal in your stocking this article is coming to us from mythology.net so we thank them for this awesome well-written article so let's get into describing krampus well like many demons krampus borrows several features from goats he has long horns that curl on his head his feet end in hooves instead of feet and his body is covered in shaggy fur which can be white black or reddish brown he even has a long pointed tongue like a goat unlike a goat krampus also has claws and fangs he walks on two legs, dressed in chains and bells, that he shakes at people on the street. He also carries a bunch of birch rods or a horsehair whip in a large sack or basket. The birch rods and whip are used to beat the naughty children, but the sack is served for the truly wicked. Krampus uses it to haul young evildoers to the underworld. Krampus is merciless, yes, but evil, not necessarily. Krampus follows the rules of justice. He only comes after children who misbehave. And while he does seem to enjoy punishing wicked children, he has never seen attacking innocent children. 
In some ways, Krampus can be seen as obedient. And in many stories, he only appears when and where St. Nicholas tells him to be. Krampus has close ties to the kindly St. Nicholas. In fact, many Christmas stories have Krampus and St. Nicholas making their rounds and judging children together. If the child has been good, he will get treats from St. Nicholas. But if he has been bad, he'll get the switch from Krampus. And similar characters exist in nearby countries, like Necht Rupert <clears throat> is a large bearded man with bells sewn in his clothes and a bag of ashes and coal slung over his shoulder. He accompanies St. Nicholas on his journeys around the world, distributing fruit and gingerbread to good children and giving lumps of coal to bad children. Balschnickel is a merry-looking man with a dark side. He gives fruits and cakes to good children, but he beats the bad children with a whip. It's not hard to guess that Krampus is one of the most pagan symbols who have snuck into Christmas festivities, but the details of his backstory are unclear. Some people believe that Krampus represents the horned god, a popular figure in witchcraft, and that his birch rods are a throwback to ancient pagan initiation rituals. Others claim Krampus is the son of the Norse god Hel. When, Chris, when Christians replaced pagan winter festivals with Christmas, Krampus underwent a transformation. He was associated with the devil, and he was placed in a subservient position to St. Nicholas, even forced to wear chains to show his inferiority. But chaining Krampus up still wasn't enough. In the 1920s, the Catholic Church and some political parties in Germany and Austria put an outright ban on Krampus. Celebrating this Christmas demon was not only unpopular, it was illegal. But Krampus lived on in German and Austrian tradition, and by the 1960s, he was allowed to come back into the light. Now, he was embraced as a kitschy folklore figure, and the public latched onto Krampus as a way to reconnect with their ancestors. Eventually, the mounting frustration with the commercialization of Christmas created a gateway for Krampus to invade other cultures. In the United States, people who wanted to protest holiday spending and mandatory good cheer embraced characters like Scrooge, the Grinch, and Krampus, who also rebelled against Christmas norms. Today, Krampus festivals are held all over the world on the evening of December 6th. Legend has it that this is the night Krampus goes after bad children. Accordingly, young men dress in fur suits and horned masks and flock to the streets, snarling and shaking their chains at anyone who stops to watch the scary parade. Wow. I love that. Tell me what you think about Krampus. Tell me if you think he's bad or good. You already heard my take on it. So the next one I have to talk about is Gryla, which is my... Uh, <laughs> Now, Gryla, she's, she's, she scares me. I definitely am scared of Gryla. She is evil. She definitely is in my book. So this article comes to us from the vintagenews.com. The Icelandic answer to Santa is sure to put a chill in people's bones. But Gryla is the Christmas witch and is a colorful and gory history. Krampus's sour seasonal antics may have gotten their own movie, but Gryla could equally be well known as a horror villain. 
She's been known around the 13th century. She, her, her name Gryla also translates as Growler. There's a very scary uh, Smithsonian quote that says, Down comes Gryla from the outer fields with 40 tails, a bag on her back, a sword in her hand, coming to carve out the stomachs of the children who cry for meat during Lent. That's creepy. So actually, she didn't become associated with Christmas till several centuries later, when the idea of a rampaging witch punishing naughty children fused with the Yuletide atmosphere. Joltuel, or Yule, is the title often given to an Icelandic Christmas. Smithsonian describes this ancient take on the festival as a time not only to bring together relatives, living and deceased, but also elves, trolls, and other magical and spooky creatures believed to inhabit this landscape. Gryla definitely fits into that category. She's called an ogress by some, though presumably not to her face. Speaking of her face, what exactly does she look like? Accounts such as they are vary. One rhyme says that she has 15 tails, each of which holds 100 bags with 20 children in each bag doomed to be a feast of the troll's family. There are poems that describe her as having eyes in the back of her head, ears that hang so long that they hit her in the nose, with a matted beard, blackened teeth, and hooves. <clears throat> For starters, someone agreed to marry this twisted creature. She comes down from her cave in the mountains to gather up ill-behaved kids for her lazy husband to bake into a stew and it's known that she ate one of her husbands when she got bored with him she seems like an all-around cool person okay <laughs> then there are the yule lads this bizarre band of brothers existed in their own right to begin with gradually however they were incorporated into gryla's legend to form a clan of child catchers and festive buzz killers. There, uh, there was a Santa-oriented makeover, but the grittier approach appears to be taking hold again in the Icelandic consciousness. <clears throat> On top of that are her children, the Icelandic Yule lads who roam about also to go in and catch children and they pretty much participate in Gryla's uh, terror, you know. So the fearsome family even has pets. They're lovers of felines and may be surprised to hear about the Yule Cat, which is actually on top of my list. We'll get into that right now. So... I don't know if you've heard about this, but I, I know that on Netflix, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina actually has an episode where Gryla, uh, where, where Gryla's character is on and actually they bring on the Yule Lads, which is, it was super cool to see that done. I really, I really appreciated that. Um, yeah, I think it was Heather, oh, I forget her name, but she played Gryla. She did such a good job. Um, if you haven't seen that episode, go watch it. Um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, it's still on Netflix, one of my favorite shows out there. 
Um, so yeah, Gryla. She needs Gryla. How could you? <laughs> she is so scary. So, <clears throat> my next one that we're going to talk about is the Yule Cat, like I just said. So, let's see here. Okay. The Yule Cat, yay, or Jola, is an enormous feline monster that roams the countryside in Icelandic tra tradition during Christmas time. So the size of the creature ranges from being larger than a human to towering over houses and trees and its eyes glow in the darkness with an inner light. Otherwise, it resembles a normal cat, although in some artistic depictions, you can see the Yule Cat with small horns. With its powerful claws and sharp teeth, it can easily chomp human adults into bite-sized chunks. Little children, it was able to swallow whole. Yule Cat is active during Christmas time, when it may travel to towns and cities. After Christmas Eve, it peeks inside windows to see if children have earned new clothes as presents. This seems to act as some form of limitation. If a person had been hardworking and active enough to receive new clothes, they would be safe from the old cat's hunger. Had they been lazy, the cat was free to first eat their Christmas meal and afterwards the person themselves. The legend of the old cat likely dates to somewhere around 1000 to 1500 AD, but in written form, the old cat was first sighted during the 17th century. Eventually, the Yule Cat was associated with other Icelandic festive myths. It became the household pet of Gryla, who we were just talking about. The Yule Cat was probably a story that farm, or, farm owners used to scare their workers to process wool before Christmas. And as time passed, the Yule Cat was more readily used to compel good behavior in children. Moreover, the legend was also encouraged, um, also encouraged generosity. Those who were more fortunate with material wealth had a good reason to gift the poor with new clothes during Christmas, as their lives might depend on it. <laughs> so why don't you go get the person you love this Christmas some clothes, just just in case the old cat is there. Um, you know, it's really crazy is my house is, it always has cats around it. I, I see cats on a daily basis. I love cats. I wish I could own one. But yeah, that's another story. Um, they're always around me. Um, I mean, I... I was alone doing homework the other night and my husband gets home with the kids and he was like, there was a huge cat, a huge cat right outside the window. You see in our home, there's the couch and then we have the couch right up against the window. And he said, he's like, yeah, like you're just chilling on the couch and you didn't even know the cat is like right on the opposite side of you, like on the window pane. Um, we have this cat and I think, I really think it's like a baby, um, bobcat. Um, we have bobcat, um, sightings here where I live and they've been really prevalent. So I even took a video of one. He was huge. I was like, that is not, that is not a cat. And the way it's striped and just the way it moves and just how big it is. I'm like, wow, that's cute. And I was thinking, no, I, maybe it was the Yule cat. <laughs> it's too early for him, like, I guess. And let's go ahead and wrap it up with my last story about Fro Perchta. Oh my god. The myth of Fro Perchta. All right. So Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus is well known. Yule is a well-known Yuletide figure. However, over the years we have seen some 
of the more unsavory characters. So let's go ahead and talk about Frau Perchta. <laughs> Frau Perchta comes to us from Austrian and Bavarian tradition, becoming more well-known with her other name, Frau Perchta, which was popularized by Brothers Grimm. She's also associated with Perchta, the Germanic goddess of abundance who was demonized by the Catholic Church and referred to as a witch. Either way, Frau Perchta is generally depicted as a crone dressed in rage with a beaked iron nose. Sometimes she carries a cane, but almost always she carries a long, sharp knife that she keeps hidden beneath her, her skirts. You see, Frau Perchta, much like Santa Claus, will reward good children and punish the bad. She also punishes women for unkept households and unspun flax. For those she deems good, a silver coin is left for them. If she deems you unworthy, if you forget to leave out a bowl of porridge for her, if your flax is half spun and unfinished, she slits open your abdomen, removes your organs, and replaces them with straw. <sighs> she was also associated with the wild hunt, flying through the night sky, while accompanied by her demonic perchton, crompus-looking creatures, and owls and unbaptized babies. During the last three Thursdays before Christmas, you will hear the sound of thunder and wind roaring. However, it really is Fro Perchta leading her wild hunt. Either way, Fro Perchta doesn't seem like a woman to cross, whether she is a crone who judges your housework or someone who comes to punish the naughty and reward the nice, or even the leader of the wild hunt itself. Fro Perchta promises punishment for those who she sees as undeserving. One thing is certain, whichever version of her tale you believe, be sure to have your house dust-free and stay indoors on the nights leading up to Christmas, or Fro Perchta might replace your organs with straw. Wow, thank you. That was a really uh, good article. That was from the storiedimaginarium.com. Uh, that was really cool. Well, guys, those were my favorite, well, are my favorite scary Christmas legends. Why don't you pick which one you like and tell a nice scary story around the Christmas fire. Why don't you? <laughs> um, what do you guys think? Tell me which one is your favorite one. Tell me what you think. I want to know. Um, again, I want to wrap up by saying thank you to all of you guys for supporting and being here for me. I could stay on here forever talking and uh sh you know giving so many people shout outs and you know naming everybody who's been here for me but I think you know who you are I appreciate all of you for your support and continuing to um recommend my show and it means a lot to me why don't we go ahead and wrap it up you guys this has been an awesome Christmas special and one year anniversary special I don't know what to call it I'm still figure it out I'm still gonna figure out what I'm gonna name this episode but you guys have an awesome Christmas season. Um, I really wish the best for all of you. Stay safe, stay healthy, be smart out there, please. Be kind to one another. Most of all, be, be kind. That's the most important part. Be loving, be generous. And um, yes, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at vlifeparanormal. You can also go onto any podcast platform and find me on there. Uh, also, my website, www.lifeparanormalwithv.com, has all my episodes on there, has links 
to my merchandise store, which guys, go ahead and please, if you buy some merchandise, I'd be so grateful. And not only that, send me a picture. I'd love to post it on my Twitter. So please give me, give me some pictures. I cannot wait to see you guys in that holiday gear. And I hope you like it. Alexia from Fleshwa did an amazing job. Also, shout out to my, um, the promotions that I had during break, all those promos, please go, please, uh, check those guys out and you guys have an awesome Christmas. Take care. Bye.